Come on, baseball fans, let's go down on the farm. We'll be checking out the sticks. Gonna be checking out the arms. Seeing who's throwing up some leather. Seeing who's got their stroke together. See the stars of tomorrow play today. Gonna be big fun, let's get on our way. Going down on the farm with Billy Mack and Ray. Well, good evening, baseball fans, and in particular, you Seattle Mariners baseball fans. Welcome to another edition of Down on the Farm. This time it's season one, episode eight, as we take a look at the Tacoma Rainiers infield prospects. I'm Billy Mack, and I'm here with my buddy, Ray Lana. Say hi, Ray. Hi, everybody. Hi, Billy. Hi, Ray. It's uh, great to be working with you again. Great to be talking about what's going on down at Tacoma. Now, since we have talked last, the season is open, and you've been at Cheney Stadium for a few games. Yeah, absolutely. I've worked a couple of their home stands, uh, done a little scoreboard action, done a little uh, statistics down there. Just been fun seeing how where all the pieces kind of fall um, and what positions these guys are playing and uh, just being able to kind of intimately watch them play baseball. And just to be at a stadium and watching baseball in general is a a treat this season. I was going to say, I take it the vibe, particularly among the fans, has got to be pretty positive. Yeah, it's I mean, we have smaller crowds there right now, but at the same time, it's still very loud you know it's it's surprisingly loud especially the first thursday thirsty thursday uh with the cheap beer there that definitely brings <laughs> out the crowd well uh there's no uh no silence at the mariner games mostly thanks to the in in between innings hijinks on the scoreboards and such they don't give you much rest but the crowd was enthusiastic the night i was at t-mobile see the texas rangers play saw a pitcher's duel uh, and I certainly was excited to be there, and I got to give it to the Mariners. They are handling the uh, pandemic uh, issues and uh, the security at the park very well. Yeah, it's it's been a treat. Uh, it's nice to see that all of Major League Baseball, not just the Mariners, and I mean, there's always little snafus along the way, but uh, just to see that the players, you know, when they do have a close contact, that they're, you know, refrain from being with the teams and not spreading it throughout the rest of the team. So it's actually been working out pretty well. And the Mariners are one of the better teams in the league so far when it comes to that. I think we played a game against the Astros where they were missing six starters. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the league, you're right. The league as a whole has done a good job and it was certainly a delight to see a major league baseball game. Again, we've all missed, missed the game enough as evidenced by the fact that here you and I are once again, Talking baseball, and we are brought to uh, the fans out there, as always, by Open Range Entertainment. Open Range presenting entertainment across the uh, spectrum of television, movies, uh, radio programming, musical recordings, music videos. And we are proud to be uh, sponsored by them and be one of their projects because they're a quality organization. Yeah, it's an honor to be working with them and uh, to have them support us throughout this process. And, uh, you know, like they are one of the best people you can go to in the area for any type of entertainment of any sort. Uh, they do all different aspects of it and, you know, like their affiliation with the Disney movie and, uh, you know, making books come to life and do an actual video. It's pretty amazing. Uh, they're, uh, they're doing some wonderful things. So uh, with the tip of the cap to the whole organization of down at Tacoma and everybody who works down at Cheney stadium, we dive right into the infielders. We've covered all the pitchers in the organization, top to bottom, all the catchers, and now as we hit the infield, we'll go around the horn. We'll start at uh, the third position on your scorecard over there at first base, which has, as you and I have discussed, become uh, 
the kind it's always been the kind of position where a, a great hitter uh, gets the nod over the non-hitting fielder, great fielder at first base, but uh, and particularly in the age of the designated hitter, the first baseman has become a little more tied to that designated hitter position. But we start with the Jose Marmalejos, who had a big day a couple of days ago with a couple home runs. Uh, Jose is 27 years of age now, originally in the uh, Washington National System, and had, uh, I believe, over three, getting close to 3,500 at-bats in the minor leagues by now. And uh, he was designated for assignment earlier this year to go back to Tacoma. I had a little, little rough time, hit about 139 at the big league level, but is uh, appears to be finding his stroke out of uh, Santo Domingo in the Dominican Republic, which tells us right away they actually produce something other than a shortstop in, in <laughs> major leagues. Uh, uh, did his high played his high school ball at South Broward High in Miami, Florida, and Jose Marmalejos uh, now plying his trade uh, in T Town. Yeah, uh, Marmalejos is uh, a guy that a lot of fans are actually very familiar with. He's uh, played almost 200 at-bats in the majors. Um, he's a very good player overall. Uh, a lot of times you see these guys that, that you know, get designated for assignment, they'll come down, and a lot of them just need to tweak their batting or, or their stance or whatever, or maybe just their discipline at the plate. Um, he's one of those guys that actually has performed well when he's had the opportunity with the majors, and he's, you know, a young man and 27 years old. He's He's got a lot a lot of stuff going for him. He's, uh, he does have great plate discipline. Um, he's able to field very, very well. Uh, you know, again, it's the first base thing. We, we go back to that, um, where, you know, you, you can substitute a little bit of fielding if you get a little bit more batting, uh, average out of the first base position. So, uh, Marmalejos is always fun to watch lefty, um, fits really well into the batting rotation. He can bat all over. Um, he can get on base. He can, he can even run a little bit when he gets on base. Well, as I mentioned, over uh, 3,000 at-bats in the minor leagues, 288 lifetime average in the minor leagues. He can swing the bat, no question about it. Um, replacing, you know, ha having to be the guy trying to replace Evan White's glove at first base is certainly going to be a, a challenge for him as he approaches the big league level, but certainly a solid addition to the lineup at Cheney Stadium. Yeah, he's uh, he's an asset for the for the Tacoma team. Uh, you know, he's he can come in. He's he's actually kind of a veteran presence for the AAA affiliation affiliated club, and uh, he can come in and you know help some of these younger guys a little bit along and show them kind of what major league baseball work is like. And what I mean by that is you know just the attitude and the the work ethic that you have for yourself. Uh, you know, preparing to become a major league ball player in the future. And well, he's got the tools, and you know he's. He's been in the minor leagues now for a decade and certainly stuck with it. Hasn't been, uh, you know, hasn't been let go uh, by the Seattle Mariners. They still see his value. And uh, we certainly want to wish him all the best and hope that he finds his way back up into the big leagues. Yeah, for sure. And he will. I truly believe he'll be back up with the Mariners and the big league organization uh, relatively soon. He's, he's, you know, he's a first baseman, but he can play a lot in the infield and, uh, you know, uh, again, like you said, Evan White's club is nearly impossible, but, you know, people need a break from now, now and again. So they need a day off and he's the kind of guy that they can plug in and, you know, still have a decent bat behind the plate and uh, it can work out really well for the Mariners organization. Well, of course, the uh, one guy who was not probably overjoyed to see Jose Barmaleos come on down to Tacoma would be Sam Travis, whereas number 12 were the Tacoma Rainiers. Uh Sam is a right-handed hitter, throws right, six foot, 220 pounder, 27 years old. Uh, 
and actually has the nickname Dr. Chill. You don't have any idea what his um, plate music is, his, his song when he comes up to the plate. Would you Not off the top of my head. Is? No, I don't. Uh, we have them all listed, of course, at the stadium. But, you know, yeah. these guys, they do change them pretty often. So um, uh, our guy, who Dave, who does the walk-up music as they come up, he's he's constantly getting emails. Some of the players even have this number and will text him, I need this song at this time, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's a cool nickname. I like Travis. I, I think he's a, I think he's a good ball player. Uh, he's got a lot of he, he's a really high draft pedigree. You know, as a second rounder originally for Boston in 04, he's he's got a lot of at bats in the minors. And, you know, I think that I think that he has an opportunity. And, yeah, he's kind of stuck behind Marmaleos right now. But if Marmaleos gets the bump up, then he's going to get all that play at first base. And you're going to see a lot from him. Well, he's got a 284 lifetime average in the minor leagues. You know, he uh, at least uh, in some ways of looking at first base, when a lot of teams really want that, will give the left-handed thrower the nod. The guy with the right-handed glove uh, will give him the nod. And Sam is does throw from the right side, but with a 284 lifetime average in the minor leagues, uh, 47 home runs, he's got an OPS of nearly 800, 773. Chicago, Illinois product, as you mentioned, uh, early uh, draft choice of the Red Sox played big 10 baseball for Indiana, a guy who has a real shot at finding his way into a major league career, not finding, earning his way into a major league career. Yeah. He's uh he's pretty versatile, you know, like he, like you said, he's, he's got a lot of experience in, in very competitive leagues throughout his entire career so far. And uh, it, it's continuing uh, with the, with the triple a uh, Rainiers. He's, he's batting two thirty right now in, at AAA, uh, but that's only in 61 at bats. And, you know, uh, the thing, when you talk about catchers, you talk about a pit or first baseman, it's basically the exact opposite. You can take a catcher that's a very good defender that bats horribly, and you can plug him into that position. And then if you can pump the ball out of the park in the first base, and you, you don't necessarily have to be a left-hander. I'm a left-hander. I played first base pretty much always when I was playing in Little League all the way up. Does uh... – a little concerning, 27 strikeouts and uh, 71 at-bats. But uh, like you say, guys are there to get that tweak on their swing to find that sometimes with some guys, there's just one area of the plate that they just got to lay off. You know, it just – it looks like a, a basketball coming up there, but when they go to take a, hike, a hack at it, uh, the ball disappears. Sometimes that has to do with whether they're opening their shoulder, whether they're moving their head a certain way. But you find that key and suddenly you're – 10, 15 point better, better hitter. Yeah. And that's exactly what all of the de developmental leagues for ma uh, major league baseball are for is for uh, these batters to find out what they're not doing the best that they possibly can and to fix and correct those problems. And, you know, it might be a turn of the hips before you come through with the upper body, you know, just to get a little bit more power behind it. There's, there's, a, there's so many different aspects and like, we can't even like fathom as a fan exactly what these players go through and like analyzing their swing and uh, analyzing the pitch types that are coming for them you know some guys love the high heat but they can't lay off of it and it gets them out on a regular basis um, uh, Travis is actually one of those guys that he has pretty decent play discipline I mean he's he does go for the ball he's he'd rather strike out swinging than than hit a little blooper out in the outfield it seems like from what I've seen um, he's he's a good player he's got a he's got a good pedigree and I think that with time. And I mean, he's already 27, but I think that he can still continue to progress as a major league ball player. Well, even at 254, still the fifth best average in the Western division of the 
of the Triple A West. So uh, things are on the look on looking good for Sam Travis, and we just hope he continues to find his way northward. But he's only sixty miles away. So yeah. So it's, so uh, let's hope it hope it continues to happen for him. And uh, Sam played for uh, the Nashville Sound, so he's probably a country music fan there somewhere. He's got a got a couple of Willie Nelson records playing back in the clubhouse. It's possible, but not guaranteed. Uh, you know, the he's as far as I know, there's only one person with any type of country music walk-up music, and that's Cal. So uh, there's oh, okay, not, there's no other ones that are playing country music on their walk-ups that I'm aware of at this point. Yeah, what but, am I saying? He's in Chicago and he played for Indiana. So it's, that's right. That's right. I must, but I just always like always take notice when guys get a little time with the with the Nashville sounds. So as we move on around the infield, position number four on your scorecard. Now, we got to mention for a second that Shed Long, Seattle Mariners second baseman and um, a utility infielder uh, par excellence, Shed Long is on a, currently on a rehab assignment as we make our broadcast tonight. Yeah, Shed is uh, down, with, down with the Rainiers right now, getting, uh, getting some work in before he gets moved back up to the Major League Club. Uh, Shed is an asset to any team he's playing for. Uh, he's not only a, a good ball player, he's a really nice guy too. Uh, I've actually had the chance to meet him a couple times and cool. he's one of those guys that's just like normal. He's a, he's a friendly gentleman. Uh, he's doesn't, his head's not too big. He loves playing baseball and you can tell when he gets out there. Well, you know, they're the best, the most engaging people to meet are the people who are unchanged by their success. Who you can't help but be changed somewhat by it. But the guys who remain just uh, like Doctor Chill, we hope you know, just chill guys to be around and and fun to talk to about all sorts of things, not just baseball, but guys whose love for the game is ebbing. And those are my favorite kind of players. Yeah, he's uh, one of the only players in my many years with the Rainiers that's actually come up to the control room and decided to do a last minute change, but wanted to sit and listen to make sure it was the exact right sound. So he was hanging out with us in the control room for a little while. And it was, it was pretty cool. Like he, he's just a down to earth guy. Uh, he's a great ball player. Uh, uh, you know, I don't, I don't believe that Shed will ever be like a superstar in the league, but he's going to be a good utility player for any team. Well, there's a little insight for you fans. Ray knows from the inside that a lot of baseball players particularly uh, once they get to AAA level and above, they not only have their specific walk-up music, but the specific section. They want, to the, they want their music to start at 117 and run to 132 because that's, that's the part of the cut they want to hear. That's exactly right. You, it, it's funny. Uh, as fans, you'll go to the park and you'll see these guys. You'll hear very familiar songs and you'll watch these guys. Some of them have a little shimmy when they're up going up to the plate or, you know, just something that they do that makes them unique. And it reminds me of like uh, the NBA and all the, the free throw shooters, how they kind of have their own routine that gets them right in the groove before they take their free throw shots. And these guys are doing the same thing when they go up to bat. Yeah, my favorite NBA moment of the last few years was Andrew Bogut, who... Uh, clanked a foul shot off the bottom of the front of the rim and then <laughs> and then mimicked high fives to everybody around him as though everybody was giving him because no one was going near him right? I'm sure. no one was, they're just gonna let him cast that next stone up there uh now shed long has uh, caused a little bit of a shuffle in the infield down there at tacoma which means that second baseman ty kelly where's number three number three in your program switch hitter right-handed thrower 
Uh, love an infielder who's a switch hitter. Ty is 32 years old, six foot, 180 pounds, originally out of the Baltimore Orioles organization where he was around 13 pick in uh, 2009. Uh, Ty's uh, doing well and uh, now sharing duties with Shed at second and playing some third base as well. Yeah, Ty is uh, one of those kind of veteran uh, AAA, you know, minor league players, uh, 32 years old. He's got 3,900 at bats. I mean, he's he's made a career out of uh, playing in the minors. Um, he doesn't have a great deal of experience with the with the major league club, and he's come off to a pretty slow start so far this year. He's batting sub 200 uh, with just a few at bats, but um, he's got one hit, and it was a home run. So that was that was pretty awesome. Uh, he's he's one of those guys that. You know he's going to be utilized on the on the minor league level. Um, his outlook for the future is probably going to be as that type of player, unless an injury occurs or something that needs some uh, body up and up in the major leagues. Uh, I don't really foresee him going too much further than where he's at right now. He's kind of made a career out of it. Well, I hope he gets a shot and gets a chance. But he is doing a fine job for the folks down there at at Cheney Stadium. So as we go around the horn and uh, get to the on, the only player on the uh, on the Tacoma roster, who is actually listed as a native shortstop, is six foot, two hundred pound, twenty three year old Brett Rodriguez. Uh, Brett was uh, hails out of Queensbury, New York. Played at Wofford College, and he's getting a, a, a shot with the. He was originally with the Modesto Nuts. Uh, what probably in back in twenty twenty, he would have been assigned there after uh, being assigned to a, a minor league contract by the Mariners. And uh, now here he is all the way in Tacoma already. Yeah, he's been moving up a little bit. Uh, Brett is a young man. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, he's a big guy, big bodied. Uh, you know, shortstops usually aren't in your six foot tall range. You know, they're usually in the 5'10", five, 5'9", five, five, range. Uh, uh, very speedy, shifty kind of guys. Uh, he's got good defense out in the field. Uh, bats pretty well. He's uh, off to a little bit of a slow start this season, but... You know, he's doing some of the intangible stuff, uh, stolen bases, RBIs, uh, and his on-base percentage is pretty decent. It's not great, but uh, it's a oh, 360 on the on-base percentage. Uh, he's he's one of those guys that you, you really don't know what you're going to get with him. Uh, he's he's kind of a up-and-comer, and he could kind of move to wherever I think he's more versatile than just being a shortstop. But uh, he's going to probably – I foresee him being plugged in as kind of more of a utility player and uh, the ability to move him around. But we have a need for shortstop, obviously. So uh, he's one of those guys that's going to play that position and hopefully play well. And uh, don't underestimate fans. That's a big jump to go from uh, Modesto to go from A ball to triple A ball in one season. That uh, even though uh, there was no minor league season last year, having been assigned there, suddenly find himself a triple A ball. Uh, that, that's a big jump for Brett, and I'm sure there's some adjustments he's making not only to the we, – we often tend – Ray, you can talk about this a lot because you, know, you do so much work at Cheney Stadium. We tend to think about the jump from minor league baseball to the show and what an incredible adjustment is. But it's an equal – it can be for a lot of guys as challenging a jump when you make a couple of leaps in your own organization, in this case from A ball to triple A. Oh, for sure. Uh, and, you know, 
basically every step is is significantly more difficult than the next than the last uh you know you're talking about going up from say a, a low a ball to a double a ball and you're you're facing pitchers that instead of utilizing like one or two pitches they're now working on three or four pitches uh and some of these things you're not used to seeing on a regular basis also the velocity of pitches coming towards you the velocity of hits being hit towards you i mean there's just it's exponentially greater in every level of baseball. And mm -hmm. it's not only that, it's it's also like getting along in the locker room because, you know, you got these people that are chiseled veterans and they see these young guys coming up. You have to find a way to fit into fit in with their group and, you know, be a part of the team as opposed to being that guy that's coming up to try to steal my spot. And, uh, you know, you see that a lot where you'll see a, like a more veteran style minor league baseball player and a young man makes a big jump. I mean, from Modesto to Tacoma is dramatic. Uh, that's that'd be the same as like a, a double A to to major leagues. Uh, you know, not as pinnacle as that, but at the same time, it's that dramatic that it's a uh, you know you're you're talking about a young man that's made that big of a jump. He's done it for a reason because he's he's a good prospect and his potential to become even better is there. And to see him against better competition will only allow him to see what's out there and hopefully make him grow and. You know, sometimes we, you know, Billy and I have talked about it before in the past where, you know, we'll move some players up a little too fast. And what happens then is they get a, they, they get a hit to their confidence because now they're not, you know, seeing a 90 mile per hour fastball. It's a 96 mile per hour fastball and, you know, six miles per hour doesn't sound that dramatic, but stand behind the plate and watch one. It's a totally different beast. And triple A ball is among the most, uh, it, is, it is a truly singular level of the minor leagues in that I remember talking to my nephew, uh, Patrick Coogan, who won a couple of national championships at LSU, played for a premier baseball organization, was rising up through the Cardinals organization. And when you get to triple A, at double A, you don't see too many former major leaguers. You yeah. generally only see somebody who got seriously hurt or is... Uh, for every now and then, depending upon the chemistry and what they're doing at AAA, they'll send a guy on a rehab assignment down to AA. But for the most part, AAA is that level at which you begin to encounter, as you just said, major league players, guys who have been in the show, maybe a little, maybe a lot, and are back down at AAA. And it, it is a, it's a, a new adjustment in terms of the way guy learning how guys go about their business at that level. Yeah, and it's not only that, it's uh, some of these players, especially in AAA ball, you'll find players that are definitely major league ready, but they're bottlenecked behind another major league player that's that's dominating in their position. Like if you're the center fielder for the Angels, you're not moving up from AAA because you have Mike Ooh. Trout in front of you. And so sometimes you'll run into these players like you look at Ty France. Ty France was back behind too many players. So that's why we ended up being able to make a trade for him because he was kind of one of those players that wasn't going to go anywhere with his current team. So we were able to, you know, wheel and deal and get him onto the uh, to AAA. And then, you know, obviously he's he's batting fantastic in the majors right now. And I think he's one of the best bats we actually have right now. And uh, again, it's it, when you're in AAA ball, these guys are like just polishing the final touches on their game and making their way to the big show or they've been there and they're trying to work their way back. So they're working on some stuff there too. So making that big jump is it's paramount. It's huge. It's something that's very difficult for physically and mentally. And if they can do it, I mean, you're talking about a player that if they can grasp onto that, that triple a uh, ability, they're going to just move on to the next level after that. So it's pretty fun to watch the guys that are 
jumping significantly in the league. And I see like uh, like a Julio Rodriguez could be making a big jump at some point, you know, later on in the season and uh, kind of coming up. And like th- those type of players, they have the physical attributes, but can they have the intestinal fortitude, if you will, for uh, moving up and joining these higher end players in this more competitive league? It is a difficult task. Uh, you know, I'm, all my experience in the music business, you move from being a session player at one studio, perhaps you're in Nashville, you move to go playing sessions at Muscle Shoals or Los Angeles. They have different ways of approaching it, different sets of guys. You're working with up and comers. You're working with guys who are your, you know, who you heard play on dozens and dozens of records. So you've got to make that adjustment. You've not, and you've got to trust in yourself. You really have to just be who you are and do your best. Uh, what you were saying segues perfectly into the next guy we're taking a look at, who has just made the jump up to uh, the big league club. It's kind of tentative as to what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks or months, but we'll let him, we want to talk about him here. And that's a young man named Eric Campbell. Now, Eric is uh, probably not the youngest by baseball numbers. Uh, he's 34 years old, came to us from, I believe, the Texas Rangers organization, uh, in 2019 but as you and i both know for a lot of years now you look over third base at uh safeco and now t-mobile park number 15 was the number you saw kyle seager has been in that position and that is not going to last forever we know that's fine out finite eric campbell was uh like i said he's 34 years old but he was originally an eighth round draft pick of the new york mets played at boston college uh he has another guy with over 3,000 at-bats in the minor leagues, but a 291 career average to show for it, an 825 OPS. Uh, actually has 70 stolen bases in his minor league career. So uh, he's a guy that could be either the guy to be there for the next two or three years or be the transition guy from Kyle Seeger to whoever comes next. Yeah, I, I, and that's exactly what I see his role uh, with, with the organization. You know, he – because – you know, 34 years old, he's no spring chicken, but at the same time, he has a, a pretty um, pretty consistent career so far uh, throughout his uh, major, uh, minor league career. Uh, he's got a few shots up in the majors, and he's, you know, he's done pretty decent with it, you know, 223 uh, career with the major with the major league ball, ball club, um, uh, where, you know, obviously 291 is so much better. But like we say, it's the diversity between leagues. I mean, it's a, it's a dramatic change from one league to the next. And, uh, you know, you're absolutely right. When you talk about Kyle Seeger, he has been dominating that position. Uh, like I was alluding to with the, the Mike Trout statement, um, these guys are, you know, they, that's their spot. Uh, no one's going to come up and take third base away from Kyle Seeger unless Kyle Seeger's no longer on the, in the organization um, or he just needs a break. But we have utility players to take care of days like that, uh, which, you know, that's this, he could be a guy that could do exactly what you're saying and just be kind of a, not necessarily the heir apparent, but, uh, you know, a fill-in until we find someone that we truly want to play that position for the future for the Mariners. If it's not Kyle Seeger, who knows? Yeah, well, curiously enough, uh, Mr. Campbell's rise to the major league level in the last couple of weeks has uh, once again ensconced Jansen Witt at third base for the uh, Tacoma Rainiers. And Jansen is in the top 10. I believe he's eighth in the batting average race in the Western division of AAA baseball. Uh, last I looked, he was hitting uh, close to 280. He's 31 years old, 6'2", 195 bats right, throws right. Originally a uh, 24th round draft choice of the Boston Red Sox. 
and came to the Seattle Mariners. Uh, he was a non-invited roster player in 2019 and elected free agency with the Red Sox in late 2020. Now, you and I have discussed a number of players whom Jerry DePoto looked around baseball in November of 2020 and decided there's a guy I want to see if if this guy can, can turn the key here. Jansen is one of those guys. Yeah, I, I really like Jansen Witte. He's uh He's been. I've been able to watch him quite a bit with the uh, with the uh, AAA uh, ball club. Excuse me, Ray. Cor- correct me. It's witty. It's witty. Yes. I wasn't sure whether it was wit or witty. So forgive me. Thanks. Yeah, it's the double T E, and yeah. it's witty. Uh, we. I actually had to look it up uh, on YouTube just to hear another announcer call his name, just so I knew for sure that it was his name. Um, and then, uh, yeah, with Jansen's. He, he's he's a good ball player, man. He's a. Uh, he's got a. He's great plate discipline. He's got power behind his ball. Uh, he's 31, which isn't crazy old. Um, and the other day it was pretty fun. Uh, we, we went through our entire bullpen and ran out of pitchers and guess who we called up to be hey, the Jansen, for the ninth inning? Jansen, Jansen witty. Yes. Oh, yes. the slab. Good for yeah. him. He came out, he threw uh two 50 mile per hour pitches. Uh, both of them fouled off and then he burned a 74 mile power f- fastball right by the guy and got the strikeout. <laughs> it was pretty impressive. <laughs> Um, it was like BP pitching, but you know, he could throw the ball over the plate, which is good. You know, if they can keep the ball in the park and just get out of the game, you know, that's kind of what, where we were at in that particular situation. But, uh, Witty, Witty, uh, he's one of those guys when he comes to the plate, you have optimism that he's going to be able to hit a base hit or, you know, drive a run in or hit something deep. He's got a lot of RBIs on his career, uh, 2,400 at bats in the minors. Uh, he's, he's a good ball player. I think, I think that, you know, he's pretty versatile as far as what he can do. He's third base, first base, you know, he can play all over the place. Um, he's, he's one of those guys that's pretty gifted in the field as far as fielding goes. Uh, I haven't seen him commit an error all season. Um, I haven't put that in the computer, uh, but Witty Witty's one of those guys that, you know, you, you have optimism and uh, he's one of those guys that could be that kind of error apparent moving forward. So. Well, in 85 at bats this year, he's hitting 279. He's got a 273 career average, as you say, over, close to 2,500 minor league at bats. He's going to play his 700th minor league game pretty soon, which is uh, exactly 700 more than I ever played in my life. So, also me. so uh, uh, he's got it. it. The opportunity may be there for him. Uh, personally, I'm not sure about Kyle Seeger's future in Seattle in 2022. I don't think anybody is. I think Kyle depending on the year he has, what I'm hoping actually for Kyle Seeger is given his tenure that he gets to make that decision. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan. Uh, and I have been since he, since he's been a part of the major league organization, you know, Kyle is one of those guys He's a staple. He's, I think he might be our longest player currently on the roster. Uh, he's, he's one of those guys that when you see number 15 running around, you know, it's Seeger on the back of that Jersey. I remember he had the we had the game a few years back uh, where they did the nicknames of players. And I remember his his nickname was Corey's brother, um, which was kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, because everyone knows Corey Seager as well. But, you know, Kyle, hot corner. That guy, uh, he's done some great commercials. He's just part of Seattle baseball, man. Like when I think of Kyle Seager, I, I really hope he gets the opportunity to, you know, take a contract or decline a contract and, you know, possibly retire as a Mariner. So. And you know the uh, old adage about silence speaking as loud as anything. When a guy plays in your organization for 10 or 12 years and you never hear a negative word about the guy, a teammate never says anything bad about him. 
uh, the broadcasters, people in the organization. He's a guy who comes to work, does his job, and is always a credit to the team, a credit to the organization. So let's hope Kyle gets to make that decision. But uh, one thing for sure, Mike, uh, Eric Campbell and Jansen Whitty are both looking for that shot. No, yeah, they sure are. Because they are certainly career third baseman. Unlike our final uh, infielder that's on the Tacoma roster at the at this particular time, right-handed throwing, right-handed hitting, six foot one inch, one hundred eighty-five pound, uh, Jack Reinheimer, and Jack plays a lot of positions uh, around the infield. Twenty-eight years old, out of Charlotte, North Carolina, and he is a homegrown prospect. We picked him out of East Carolina College in uh, the fifth round in twenty thirteen. He's had he's coming up on th- getting very close to three thousand minor league at bats as well. 269 average had a very solid minor league career. Yeah, Jack Reinheimer. I actually like Jack a lot. Uh, I think he's a good player. He's he's one of those guys that can play anywhere. He can play all the way around the horn. Uh, he's 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 got a lot of talent. Uh, his career has been pretty good. Uh, this season starting off a little bit slow for him overall, but you know he's a he's 28 years old. He's he's a pretty good ball player. Uh, I I just. You know, some of these guys I, I look at and I'm like, where the what, what is the end game for these guys? And Jack is one of those guys that he's kind of a make or break kind of guy. He's got he's got talent. He puts it on display on the field, but he doesn't do it every day. And uh, one of the things about all of our major league players that, well, in theory, we want them all to be able to perform on a daily basis, and not just, uh, you know, hit or miss uh, days. And Reinheimer is a little bit inconsistent overall. But I think that, you know, again, it always comes down to, you know, just a little bit of coaching, a little bit of tweaking of his game that can really kind of influence what he can do moving forward. And uh, Reinheimer's got a lot of natural talent and he shows up for some games a lot better than others. And uh, that's the only downfall that I really see to him. Well, we hope that that gets a little more consistent for him because, you know, you've got to have that 24th, one of those 24th and 25th guys on a, on a roster. If you look at the great Mariner team of 95 and think of guys like Alex Diaz, uh, you know, guys who can play three or four different positions, uh, be a pinch hitter for you when you need him, be the guy that when some guy gets dinged up, gets nicked, for uh, can be in the lineup for a week or so. So uh, we want to wish Jack all the best because uh, – it's good to hear that he's such a good guy as well, because he certainly stuck it out in the minor leagues. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's, that's one of the most valuable positions that people overlook in baseball is the versatility player, you know, the utility player that can go into any spot and kind of play all over the field. Uh, You look at players that can go from shortstop to left field, you know, and these guys are an asset to the team because you don't need to have multiple players in a position, you know, you don't need to have one run, one third baseman, one second baseman, one first baseman, you know, you can have a guy that can play all the way around and put him up and then you can just have more specialized players to play maybe DH or, uh, you know, jump on the first base or extra pitching, always extra pitching is fine by me. And, and, you know, when you think about it, guys who get this far in, in baseball, they have been, they were stars of their little league teams, stars of their high school and college teams. They tore it up enough to get a chance. And just to have survived to get 2,900 plus at bats in the minor leagues means that you're, you're a solid baseball player. You, you get the job done more often than not. And so uh, just to stick it out that long, it, it, it is the most difficult of things because 
as you said, if you're the center fielder playing triple A for the Angels, uh, you're taking a lot of ground balls at shortstop. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, on, on your off days, you're trying to figure out what in the world can I do? So there it is. There's the uh, Tacoma infield to go back through it. Uh, uh, former Mariner major leaguer, at least briefly, Jose Marmolejos at first base, along with Sam Travis uh, from uh, – Chicago, Illinois, and uh, I'm sorry, Sam, particularly if you don't like country music. I'm sorry, but laid, the, <laughs> laid, laid, that, laid that on you. Ty Kelly playing second, a little bit of third base, as we said. And now that Shed Long's there and Shed Long doing his rehab assignment. Uh, Brett Rodriguez uh, playing shortstop on an everyday basis with uh, Jansen Witte at his side at third base. Eric Campbell now up with the big club and Jack Reinheimer as the uh, – utility guy that who knows might find his way into a regular spot there as well so uh and as you've seen them play a couple of times look like a solid infield team yeah absolutely uh you know you, you see when they're rotating around a little bit and they're you know trying different people at different positions you do see you know some some disparities in their game but you know they're they're just trying to see where these guys can go where what they can play um and Overall, though, they they work as a good unit together. Uh, they're turning double plays. You know, they're they're knocking down knocking down the line drives that are coming through the gap. You know, I mean, it's baseball. You know, there's you, you're going to get a percentage of them. You're going to let a couple of them get by. And uh, you know, overall, though, I think that the you know they have what it takes to be able to keep the the team in the game. Which you know that's that's all you can ask for defensively. And then as far as batting goes, I think they're all pretty competent batters. Uh, uh, none of them like are just a glaring sore thumb out there uh, swinging the bat. So uh, I don't think that you know that they're they're a detriment in any way. I think the team ultimately is, is very good. I think the Rainiers have a shot at being able to beat anybody uh, and make the playoffs, even if there are playoffs this year. Well, uh, they're playing good defensive ball down there so far. Uh, very few errors on the infield. Uh, I think one for Jack Reinheimer, none for uh, Eric Campbell while he was down there. So it looks like a good year for Tacoma. It looks like a great year for you fans to get down there to Cheney Stadium. Buy some tickets in advance because there's going to be COVID restrictions for a while. But uh, do yourselves and do the organization a treat by getting out there to Cheney Stadium, seeing a ball game. Yeah, Cheney is it, it is my favorite venue for baseball in the entire uh, region. Uh, it's just so intimate there. The the fan base is is strong. We have a lot of season ticket holders down there uh, that show up for every game. Uh, they actually have a uh, vaccinated section there, so they're actually be able to pack more play, more fans into that area. And I believe that they're going to be trying to expand it even further so that they can even have more fans there. Because uh, the more fans, it brings the energy. It lets us see these players and have optimism towards the future for our Major League Baseball team but it also allows us to just kind of like enjoy a day at the ballpark. And, you know, it's a lot cheaper to go to these, you know, triple A games than it is for a major league game. But the, the people at Cheney, they're, they're, they're so grateful. They're so friendly. And like, I mean, even every usher you run into has a smile on his face and it, it's just a great day, great and, day at the ballpark. And speaking for me, just for myself, fans, get vaccinated, go out there, get your shot. It, it's, it's the reason we're able to open things up. The reason we're able to have fans at the park is because the vaccines have done their job and, and work. So please, uh, if you're if you're on the fence about it, if, if, if anything I can say can help encourage you, get your Fauci ouchie out there. Get it, go ahead and uh, get, get, get your vaccine. <laughs> I've never heard that before. That's hilarious. <laughs> get your vaccine and everybody in these organizations is going to do their part to make sure that you are rewarded with baseball 
because you made that positive decision. Yeah, I think that, you know, it, it is your decision to do what you like. Uh, but, you know, if you're going to be wanting to go out and, and sit with, you know, 8,000 other fans, you know, that's probably, I think it's a necessity too. So uh, I think that, you know, we'll, we'll all walk our own walk and be our own people, but, you know, you don't have to feel bad about it. Like you, it's just something that, you know, it's could keep you in great health, keep your family safe and, you know, allow us to be able to, you know, live our normal lives again. You know, it's been so long since we've been able to say non, nothing about a COVID restriction and at, you know, the grocery store or, you know, the baseball field or, you know, your son's baseball practice, you know, I know that they like requiring uh, parents to wear masks 30 feet away from the field, you know, with just them, you know, and it, I played softball in a softball league and we had to wear masks while we were playing baseball, you know, and we did that just for everyone else's safety. And, you know, if nothing else, it makes the people around you feel more comfortable about the situation. And like that, that's, that goes a long way. Peace of mind is a, is a big deal. And, you know, the Rainier's organization's doing everything they can. They're doing vaccinations on site. If you're at a game, you can get a vaccination while you're there, you know, so it's not something that's limited anymore. And, you know, it's, it's something that's important for our society. Let me put it this way, fans. Sometimes you got to lay one down and move, move the runner over. And quite often that turns into the winning run. So go ahead and take care of, uh, take care of yourselves, your family, and uh, help us, everybody, uh, join together and uh, bring Major League and Minor League Baseball back to all the parks in the country. Well, Ray, another great show. Been a delight. Once again, we're, respon we're uh, sponsored by Open Range Entertainment purveyors of great entertainment across the spectrum of movies, television, radio, film, uh, music videos. And uh, we're just proud to be in their fold under their umbrella and uh, delight to be one of their programs. So it's been a guess, Ray. Hope you had a good time tonight. Always have a good time doing the show with you, Billy. It's always fantastic. Yeah, we have some, we do end up having a good time. Hope you've enjoyed it out there. We will see you uh, next time. Uh, episode nine, when we'll head down to North Little Rock, Arkansas, and take a look at the Arkansas Travelers infield and uh, see who's see who's got country music playing down there. Uh, <laughs> I'll look up their walk-up music <laughs> list for you. <laughs> Wouldn't that be, that's what we should feature. We should have a walk-up music night some night here and just play you snippets of it. Take care, fans. Till then, uh, uh, be good to yourselves. Be good to your family. Uh, get out and see a ball game. Support baseball in your area. Yeah, and, and don't forget to follow us on, on social media. We're both on Twitter. I'm at uh, DOTF Ray. I'm at DOTF Billy down on the down DOTF dot L I V E DOTF live is our uh, website. Yeah. And you just reach out to us. We, we want to hear your feedback. We want to know what you guys have going on, what you guys think about the show, where we should go, which directions we should run. If we should run different, you know, updates on the players we've already talked about, or, you know, you have a question about anybody in particular, we could, we'd be happy to answer that for you on the show and, you know, give you a little shout out as well. Yeah, and as always, Billy Mack wants to know that you hate seeing that runner start at second base in the 10th inning as much as I do. And, uh, yeah, I concur. Holy. I concur. I even did a 12-inning game with a runner on second, so, I mean, it doesn't matter. Hey, yeah, All right, fans, take care. Until then, we'll see you next week down, down on, on the, the farm. farm. Yeah. Going down on the farm with Billy Mack and Ray.